Welcome to Smart Branding, a podcast dedicated to branding, naming, and domain names. I'm Tatiana Bono, and with my guests, we try to help you create and grow strong, memorable, and meaningful brands online. I believe time is one of our most precious assets, and so I want to thank you in advance if you decide to spend the next 30 minutes with us. I promise to do my best to make those worth it. Let's go. So today my guest is Monica. She's an e-commerce brand mentor and consultant with 17 plus years of experience building building purpose-driven brands. She has worked with Fortune 500 companies and coached premium partners for Google. So today we're going to talk about her personal brand, naming and branding it, what she does and how it can be relevant to entrepreneurs that are listening to our podcast. Hi and welcome, Monica. Thank you for making the time. Hi, Tatiana. Thanks for having me. I'm really uh, looking forward to this chat. Wonderful. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Let's start with a bit of a background. So uh, I'm from Amsterdam, the Netherlands, and I have worked for, yeah, 17, actually over 18 years now this February uh, (laughs) in in building brands um, from having started, you know, my master's in business, worked in the corporate world, starting with brand management, launching new brands, managing heritage brands to strategy consulting and then global marketing consulting, and then going out on my own, having my own online store for a little while, but really realizing that my heart is really building brands. So therefore continuing to work both with small business owners as product-based e-commerce and retail business owners, and as well as scale-ups who are more in the tech, SaaS, and digital space as well. Mm. And let's touch a bit on your own brand. It's the, I mean, there is the saying with the shoemakers, kids go barefoot, that sort of thing. And <laughs> I've unfortunately seen that a lot with, um, just in my personal experience, with people who do something and then you look at like their, their own presentation and like, you know, how, how did that happen? So with your, luckily that's, well, not luckily it's your work. Uh, it's not the case, but tell me about like, how did you, and why did you choose the name that you, you have for your business? Um, and yeah, how, how did the process work out for yourself? Oh, wow. That was, uh, I have to think back, but uh, Business with Monica, I don't know. It's just a name that really popped up. And I think for me, the work I do is very personal. It is, um, mm-hmm. I work a lot both with small business owners and scale-ups where it's very different than when you're dealing with corporates. And I'm really the face of my brand. Um, all the work, I'm a solo entrepreneur. I do everything myself. So it was really about keeping things personal. And it's really about, you know, being in business with me. Um, so that's kind of where my name came from as well as I was you know it also gives me an opportunity depending on how at some point if I wish to expand it further from the work Mm. I do now there is a potential to do that without having to rethink and redo the whole name so I remember that when when that happened and I also just remember mentioning it to a few people in my network in the business world uh, that I had met and it was everybody was like yes this sounds exactly like you so it fit um, Mm. in many different respects so I think that that's how I came with the name and it was easy in terms of a domain I didn't have to worry (laughs) about somebody having grabbed that domain Uh, it was an easy one to get both from domain perspective socials I remember checking all of that um mm. and I realized oh wait I, I it's available everywhere so it it just kind of fit in that way wonderful yeah that, that was pretty lucky as you say that everything was available as well it's yeah. very rare nowadays that happened especially with like good short memorable brand names it's yeah it's the something so what are your thoughts generally on we're going to talk a bit more about because you don't just do with um 
like naming domains that's just part of the whole branding process. Yeah. But in your experience, where does that sit? So naming the business, getting the matching domain name, where does that fit in that mix? Um, and, and in terms of importance, do you feel entrepreneurs are the majority of them getting that right? So getting it right is probably a question. <laughs> um, <laughs> but how it fits, I think it's super important, like anything in branding. I think one is to understand that branding is so much more than just the name or the design. It's really a feeling you're creating with your audience and being able to consistently uh, relay that feeling and message across every touch point that you interact. If you understand that, then you understand the importance of all of these aspects. Mm. The design, the messaging and the name, because that's how people interact with you in all of these aspects. So it is so important to create that consistency and that feeling. Now, if you have a name that's completely off and it's not in line with that feeling that you're trying to create with your brand and that affinity you're trying to create and connection with your brand, with your customers, then that, that can cause a bit of an issue. And I think an example that I can give was my own where I made a mistake as well is when I started my online store, uh, I noticed that I, I um, initially was, uh, I started selling home accessories from India, from contemporary designers. And I wanted to use a bit of an Indian name as well. And I was using the word like chutney um because it was really about spicing up your interior a little bit and adding that flavor that was the idea behind it but what i noticed is that people were as soon as they saw the name because i'm still a new brand right it's not like a mango that exists for mm. many years people would first think maybe that i was a food brand so okay. going forward <laughs> i also changed it to house of chutney uh which started giving it a little more uh putting it more in line with that but that's just a great example of showing even a mistake that mm -hmm. i as a person with a brand background i made just because of i was being stuck in my own mind so mm. yes your brand name your domain name all of that really does play a role just as much as your messaging and the design in creating that consistent connection with your customer Mm. I think the, the key word there is consistency. You, you said it a few times just now, yes. and and that uh, and and that is something that my own experience as well has has proved to be um, the case. And even with as consumers ourselves, you can see there's so much information everywhere now. So many choices. So many just like everything like you really want things to be simple you really want to you know if something is called that you want to know you find it there and it's always like that and you know there's any extra friction is it's just we're so impatient nowadays as consumers it's we're crazy. so impatient i mean uh, god somebody was just really i think on linkedin i had a conversation with somebody who was posted about how if even if your site just takes a few seconds longer to mm. to upload it's people will just click away. And I was like, where did we become so impatient that three seconds has become too long? Yeah. So it's the same with your name. If, if somebody just has a wrong, another feeling with it and there's so much research. I just a professor. I like, I always followed with Jared Zaltman of Harvard business. And he said, you know, 95% of uh, purchases are subconscious, especially when we're mm. in a higher price. Category, when we are in a category of things that are less needs and more wants and desires, people buy because of how it makes them feel. Mm -hmm. So everything you do has to be about creating customers, creating that connection with them. Uh, we're making them feel and really understand the value you add in their life, products or services that you're creating. And mm -hmm. that's where all the things you do around it, again, messaging, design, ads, content, even your customer service and experience. And that's also where your domain name and business name plays a huge role, has to be consistently giving that 
feeling to your customers mm. and making them feel like, yes, this is the value that I'm looking for in my life. Mm. They may mm. not voice it, they may not say it like that, but that's the thought process that goes in as subconscious. Mm. And it's actually a very good example you just said with, with your own brand. When I, I feel that is something that I see a lot when I talk to entrepreneurs about their um, choices of brand name and domain name that goes with it. I hear that a lot where people say, yeah, but I like it. Like, that. yeah, but I think that, yeah, but I feel comfortable with, and it's like, wonderful, but you're not your client. You're not. <laughs> That's the biggest, biggest, biggest mistake I've seen people make is saying that I am my ideal client. And that's the one biggest thing that I've been trying to change. Yes, you yeah. can start a business from an idea you have or problems you saw around you. Absolutely. But you cannot build a business on just one person You're and that also mm. yourself. And nobody's going to be exactly like you. It is so important mm. to get to know who your customers are, what's going on in their life, and why should they buy from you? And that should be the whole basis of whatever you name or do mm -hmm. in your business. Together with, yes, understanding your own why and purpose of your business, there has to be a match between the two. It's not like one or the other, I feel. I feel there has to be a match between your own purpose and what you like, but also what your customers really, really mm -hmm. want and how they experience it. Mm. And it's also an ongoing thing. Like people um, recently uh, wrote something about it. Uh, yeah, I wrote something about it. Anyway, I don't know if it's published yet, <laughs> but um, it, it was on that that, oh yeah, I know it was for 14th of February, Valentine's Day. And it was something in the lines of like, would you date your brand? Um, and it made me think like I was trying to draw parallels between, you know, people and attraction and dating and people and brands. And there are some similarities that are quite funny but one of them was that that like when you get married to somebody or you know get in a relationship with somebody if it lasts a few weeks okay you know that's uh, like all the fun and whatever it doesn't matter but if you're talking about years and years people change people change all the time with experience with time with you know age with whatever even like their most personal tastes can change and and if you want to keep that relationship and if you're talking about branding then it's a you know that's the analogy if you want to keep that relationship with your customers uh you you have to listen and be aware of where they are how they're changing how they're evolving especially when you're talking about your know, brands that have been around for like some hundred years even oh absolutely i love that you said this because i can't say it <laughs> enough uh, so it is knowing your customer is has to be a consistent thing in your business it, it mm -hmm. has to be a consistent process just like everything else you do if you're consistently running ads you have to consistently know who your customer is what gets you to your first fifty thousand will not get you to your first hundred thousand to your first half a million to your million your mm. business evolves, the market evolves, right? Technology evolves. Uh, we evolve as people, our customers evolve as people, right? The needs our customer had, I mean, just take, we came out of a, what how people wanted before the pandemic, what they wanted mm. during the pandemic and what they want after the pandemic has changed so much. So mm. it's the businesses that are on top of their customers and really get to know them that come out the strongest after, after most difficult times. Um, mm. So it's, yeah, it's absolutely, a, should be a consistent process in your business and it's not a one-time thing at all. Mm, yeah, because definitely a lot of people go, okay, like I'm launching a business, I did my thing, here's my ideal customer, there we go. And like, even nowadays, I think honestly, even in months that can change, not even talking about yeah. that, years. 
and you may start, you know, with a vision and hypothesis of this is my ideal customer. But once people start buying, who are the ones who are actually buying and coming back for more? And I've seen mm. when I work with my clients, uh, we're getting to know your customer, doing deep dive customer interviews is non-negotiable. So they have to do that process with me, no matter how long you've been in business. And we've always seen surprises coming out. They're like, mm. wow, my customer is, it's a little different than I thought. There's some things, yes, I understand, but a few things that are, are a little different. They're not exactly like me. I'm like, yes, mm. I know. So there's always something to learn and always new mm. things to learn about your customer, no matter what stage of business you are at. Mm. I think there was a reason, I think there was a, one of the podcasts I had a guest who shared that where they were doing the marketing for um, energy bars, um, so usually you associate that and the business owner would have, you know, was thinking that that's people that go to gym, that's, you know, athletes and whatever. And when they were interviewing um, and talking to and learning more about the customers, it turns out there was a huge part of like busy moms. Like you wouldn't have thought of that, but you know, it's a, it's a small thing that is good for you and you don't have to cook it and you're like on the run all the time. And that's a huge market that you haven't, like you were even aware that is interested in your product. Oh yeah, I love that example. I, absolutely, there's always so much more opportunities and I can just say, just keep getting to know who your customer is. What are their needs, wants and desires? What's going on in their lives? What What are the triggers, you know, for them to buy? What are the barriers? And you know, what makes them really happy? Mm, definitely so you mentioned you you start um working you start your work with your with your clients with a interview tell me a bit more about how does how does the process go so when i work with my clients i work one on uh three phases is position plan and play now under position it's really about positioning your brand in the minds of your customer right compared to the alternatives in the market and in a way that you want to be top of mind and hopefully others become irrelevant. Uh, so part of that is really one diving into really knowing what your why and purpose is behind your business. Why have you really started what you're doing? You know, it's not just freedom. There's usually an idea behind the whole products and services you're offering, but then also really getting to know the why of your customer. Who are they? Why do they buy? So um, I have a couple of step process for that. One, we have to do deep dive customer interviews with your audience. Uh, so it can be both, you know, followers who are following you, but haven't bought people who have bought from you maybe once or twice and people who are your regular customers just to see the differences in mm -hmm. what they do. I have a framework called desires over demographics, uh, where it is the four D's that we use to really see the type of questions to ask your customer, which is, you know, we cover the demographics, who they really are, but also then the second D is the desires, what's going on in their life, what, you know, who are they, what's going on in their life, what are the struggles, what makes them happy, and then it's about what, what are they doing, do, so how do they behave within your category, how do they find you or other competitors, what are the triggers to buy, what are the barriers to buy, how do they feel about it, um, and then the final one is delight, what really makes them happy about the whole experience, from the finding you to shopping with you to actually receiving your products and compared to others that they're buying from. So those are the four Ds. And then I use a technique called customer story probing, which is inviting your customers to tell you stories. So those are the kind of questions to ask, but we ask it by asking your customers to tell you stories so that we can dive deeper into not what just they're saying 
are even thinking, but what they're really feeling as well mm-hmm. to be able to get into emotions. Because stories is what makes things memorable, right? And they're unique mm-hmm. to every person. And so often we are so stuck to asking the rational questions and we know people buy because of how it makes them feel. Well, you want to move away from the logical questions because people will go back to rationalizing why they bought something. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you ask them stories, they will just relay what's most important to them as well as the feelings that are associated behind it. So this mm-hmm. is like this is like the beginning, your why as well as your cast really getting to know your customers. And then we dive into your brand, really what do you stand for in terms of the value you offer, what makes you different, uh, aligning your products or services to that. And after that, it's really looking into, you know, the planning and play where you look into your numbers make a growth strategy to guide your customer along the journey and then consistently implement and have some fun in your business. Mm, wonderful. And how how long does that process typically take? So it's uh, so if you do just the position and planning, that's a 12-week process um, that I've done so that to really give people time, to, especially those interviews, uh, and we can really dive into the deeper meaning of everything that's being said and pull out the insights. And then after that, if people want to work with me longer, then you know it's a 12-month process where after the three months, we continue for nine months where it's, it's really about implementation and ongoing support and accountability. Mm. And in terms of um, people or type of businesses that can benefit from your services, is there some kind of a, something that's like said to a size of the business, uh, when it was established, where so it's located? I- I think uh, location is irrelevant. I work through Zoom, so it's all online. Um, I've worked with people from the US to Australia and everything in between. Um, and they are, I mean, they're creative and conscious business owners. I always say conscious is something that's really important for me as well. You know, they care, they have a strong purpose. Uh, they're really trying to create an impact with what they're doing, with the products that they're selling, more than just that product. It's really an experience mm-hmm. and a lifestyle and a movement that they're creating. It's uh, and and the people and the planet. So ethical sustainability are principles of business. You may not have it all right at this moment, but it is something that is considered important and is a principle. Um, At the same time, it's somebody who's ready for, you know, they want this bigger vision. Uh, They want more clarity and focus in their business. They are oftentimes it's people with for smaller business owners. I work with people who are roughly, you know, uh, six figures or plus uh, just about 100,000 or just under or just over. And uh, and then I also work with scale ups who are much further down and have teams. And then obviously the process I work with can is a little more tailored to that mm-hmm. scenario. Um, but it's people who are really trying to, you know, create that impact and they, they want to grow to that next level in business and nail down what it is that's stopping them and makes them feel stuck at that level. Mm. Uh, and at the end, I've worked with people of all different businesses of many different sizes. Um, product-based e-commerce retail tend to be the much smaller business owners. And then when I work with scale-ups, it's also these, but also Texas and digital agencies that are reach out to me. But I think a bit of con- consciousness is like a common theme that is. Mm. And amongst your clients, we did touch on uh, one of the biggest mistakes that uh, I think I see yeah. the same in, in, in my field of work. And that's probably one that is like across industries, which is yeah. people thinking they are their ideal client. Yeah. That's one. Can you think of some more that you see often that you would say like people make oftentimes in, in your field of work? Oh God, there are probably quite a few. So one is really <laughs> getting to know getting to know your customer. I think that's one of the biggest things 
again and again I see and that the one that I also feel not only creates the biggest shifts in business but the biggest mindset mindset shifts both for a founder as well as if you have a team so really knowing your customer but then being able to once you define that brand giving things time and consistently implement um I think there we we forget that building a profitable time. I mean, I think it takes at least three years to break even mm. in some industries, even longer, right? Depending on the competition that you're facing. And to understand that when you're implementing new things, you need to give things time. And when you're building something meaningful and you want to build a sustainable business that is going to be, you know, uh, profitable for the long term, uh, it is really about giving things time and consistently implementing that. Uh, yes, mm -hmm. testing and tweaking as you go along. But so often I see people wanting to change things up really quickly. You know, you've done things for a few weeks and you're seeing it's not working. You think maybe that's, you know, mm -hmm. that's the results you want, thinking it's not working. Whereas maybe you just need more time or you need to just tweak a few things. Um, mm -hmm. So really, yeah, giving things time and understanding when you're building something meaningful and for the long term, then yeah, you have to give things time. <laughs> that is like Absolutely agree thing. with that. Yeah, and and, and um, I have a like I did some programming like ages ago, and I don't do it anymore. And it's advanced like and changed gazillion times since I stopped. But it, I, I feel, and I keep saying that I say that to my kids who are talking recently with my sister. She was, um, and and she's thirty six and she was like i'm gonna take some programming classes not even for like work or anything just and i was saying well that's a great thing just for the mindset and that's one thing that it really teaches you that discipline of um when you're coding and and you're like oh i'm gonna change this and that and that and do a gazillion things and then you're like oh it's not working i'm like oh my god where do i start to figure out why is it not working because i just changed changed 15 things and it's exactly the same logic and i'm i'm like a lot of people, I guess, just generally, if you are into entrepreneurship, you're somebody who gets excited easily about things. So a lot of people do that where they would do exactly what you said. Where it's like, let's, let's just, it's not working, change it all. Uh, and, and it's like, no, you, you change one thing at a time. You give it time to see if it's working. Then you're like, okay, so that doesn't work. You change another thing. Like if you change 10 things, whether it works or doesn't work, you're not going to know which one of them was it <laughs> that was the reason. And, and that's the challenge with some of the work I do. And I, maybe that you've recognized that as well with the brand growth work I do. It means you kind of need to slow down. It's not like mm. the work I do uh, is not that you come and work with me and you will see an ROA of 10 times in 30 days. No, brand work, it takes time to do it mm. and, then, and then implement it, right? And But people still really want to see sometimes that ROI within the next 30 days or, uh, mm. you know, I want to 10 times that ROI really quickly. But so this feeling of willing to be able to slow down, to be able to then speed up, right? To mm. create that focus and clarity, which then gives a lot of confidence in both your business, the messaging and everything you put out there and the connection that you can really create a true connection with your audience and build a community of real people around the brand. Um, mm. But it requires sometimes a little bit of slowing down before you can mm. really build, pick up that pace again. Mm. And that, that actually leads to another mistake that I see a lot, a lot of people do. Uh, and it, it's almost like some kind of a instant gratification syndrome on a big brand level where you would see people like recently there was the Super Bowl ads. And uh, again, we, we had an article about that that just came out. And like I see and I talk to business owners like every day and they're like, oh, my God, six figures for a domain name. That's like a lot. I cannot afford that. And like, yeah, but 
have you counted how much you're losing by not having that name? One. And then nobody, literally nobody is sitting there going, are those people crazy paying six million for 30 second ads? I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, but that's the thing. Like I paid six million and I don't know how many people like so that and whatever and whatever. And that's actually not the worst one because, you know, that's kind of a, like clearly there's a huge audience and, you know, it's questionable whether and how much because it's usually huge brands. So it's yeah questionable how much that makes a change for them, let's say. Uh, the return on investment on that. But like you would have people paying crazy money for Google ads, Facebook ads, whatever ads. And and it's like, and I'm, I've seen so many brands, there was a wave where they would just stop and see no difference in their business. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> you know, see what's yeah. happening. <laughs> because people have been taught to just keep running ads and putting out content and then tweaking those things to then see if it's bringing in the dry traffic, if it's bringing people back, but those are not going to work if you don't know who your customers, you don't know what your brand stands for, mm -hmm. and therefore your messaging is completely off. If you're trying to speak mm. to everyone, you're not going to speak to anyone. You're, you know, maybe you're having the wrong messaging for the wrong audience. Your ads, content, anything you put out there is really dependent on the messaging. And you're seeing mm. that conversation finally happening now. Just what you're saying. I'm finally seeing. A lot of ad experts, because of all the algorithm changes that have happened, mm. you're seeing a lot of ad experts finally saying that, you know, right, and, and even Shopify, I think, said that rising acquisition costs are causing people to finally take a step back and say, who am I speaking to? What's mm. the messaging I need to be conveying? And how does that come out also creatively, right? Mm. Um, so it's really about not wanting to, it, it's making the most of the ad spends and content you're putting out by knowing who you're speaking to and getting that messaging mm. right or as mm. close as you can. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Whereas for a long time, sadly, it has been just like almost like even, yeah. I think marketing departments got a bad name for that as well because it, it's like you're just like running around like some hamster in a wheel to show some numbers. Like, look at how many times that was shared. Look at those, whatever. It's like, yeah, so what? <laughs> yeah, and that, that actually, because what you said, you know, in marketing, like I think it was the American Marketing Association, the official definition of marketing is really about providing value to everybody mm. in the supply chain, including your audience. And so far, what we've done is we've just gone out and put out ads and spent on that to bring people without really looking what's the value we we're bringing to this audience and how are we mm. doing that. Um, and just remembering that the more you nail down that messaging, who you're speaking to, what your brand stands for, who, uh, what it is that you really bring to them in their life, you know, the more you'll have better ROI on your ads, mm. content, emails that you're putting out there, any kind of creative work that you're doing. Definitely. Yeah, totally agree with that. Cool. Let's, um, yeah, last question. It's, we're kind of at the beginning of the year still. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's say we are. <laughs> Just quickly. Uh, so what what are you up to this year? What's what's new? What's exciting? What are you doing? So I've actually also learned that I shouldn't be coming up with too many new things. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so I'm actually continuing to work. I've I've just set a goal, you know, I'm I'm trying to work with fifty different entrepreneurs this year. Um and really have helping them create that bigger vision and focus clarity for their brand because um, the more clarity, the more confidence and courage they have, the better they'll be able to communicate and connect with their audience and build that community of uh, people around their brand, of real people that really trust them. So really, I have my 12-week and my 12-month mentorship and that's what I'm 
absolutely focusing on uh, for those creative and conscious business owners, um, consistently relaying the same message out there. The only change I made, I think one of the biggest changes is that I used to do it in a slightly shorter time frame. Mm-hmm. And I realized that both for me and my audience, everything that's happened in the world, everybody needs a little more time and space to be able to think to do things and think through things. And that's why I expanded it to 12 weeks or a 12 month mentorships Mm. uh, to work with me. So that is my main focus really, to really create that difference. And I'm really hoping that the more people work on this brand and growth work, they also realize that the belief it creates for them. The more you do this work, the more you're able to believe yourself in terms of your own decision-making as a leader in your business. instead of just following other roadmaps of what other people are telling you to do, because you're really diving mm. into the essence of your business and then making a plan and growth strategy and plan of action based off that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I can see how that makes sense. It's actually basically if you know your identity, your, your vision, yeah. your mission very well, it makes all the questions a lot easier to answer as, as they come. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Great. And where can people reach you? Really last question. <laughs> <laughs> so you can find you can find me uh, obviously on my website businesswithmonica.com. I'm very active on both Instagram under business with Monica and you can find me on LinkedIn under my full name Monica Sharma Patnikar. Those are the places I'm most active and I have a handy download for you to if you really want to start getting to nail down who your customer is. You can download my desires over demographics framework which is really those four D's, the four D's, the types of questions that you need to ask your customer with a handy checklist so that you can get started no matter what size of business you're at um it's a really great way to get started and you can come on my email list where i'm always sharing actionable insights and inspiration wonderful for our listeners we'll include those in the post that goes with the podcast well that's been an absolute pleasure thank you monica thanks that that's been fun thank you for having Thank you for joining us in this episode of Smart Branding Podcast. Feel free to visit smartbranding.com for more information and reach out if you have any suggestions, questions, ideas, or just want to learn more about how a good domain name strategy can help you build a strong and successful brand. See you next time.